This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, I'm next to my bud, Tony. What's up, homie? What's up, buddy? So uh, so today we actually have two guests. We have uh, one guest sitting in studio with us, and that's our producer, Katie May. She um, she actually sat in with us a couple months ago. We talked to Low Wheeler. Unfortunately, Mr. Tony couldn't yeah, make it that day. I missed but, it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Katie's here today, and uh, Katie's going to give uh, give her two cents into the conversation, which is awesome. Katie May, welcome to your day off. Hi, how's it going? Awesome, man. How you doing? I'm excited. Are you I'm excited because yeah. Corey got a chance to work with you last time. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's my first time, so uh, you know, I'm excited. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, also, uh, coming in all the way early morning in California, uh, we have Natalie from uh, Business of Balayage. The Business of Balayage. Yeah. Tone, tell us a little bit, Natalie. Oh man, so you know. Uh, Katie here, you know, she's uh, she's the one that uh, was uh, talking a lot about them and, uh, you know, she follows them. She's excited about them. And so I started researching them and just really starting to try to get to know them. And, uh, dude, man, they they are blowing up. They offer so much uh, content out there that a uh, strong educational um, business, uh, you know, group that really wants to help and, you know, just make hairdressers stronger and, and better uh, financially. And it, it, they're a strong company, man. It's pretty cool, man. I mean, it, it's really interesting. And I hope that uh, Natalie can, um, can give us some insight to this, but it's really interesting how, you know, for so many years, the, uh, the big companies own education and how like there's been this incredible, and I'm gonna call it an implosion because it's definitely happened within the industry, like how there's been this incredible implosion of independent, you know, education. And, 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 and I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in how you set that up and how you do it and all that good groovy stuff. But, um, but it's just amazing where our industry has come in the last, I don't know, I would say five years, but it started about five years and it's boom, it's exploded yeah, in the last couple of years. Social media obviously had a, a, a big help in that. Yeah. I wonder how, um, I also want to get into with her, hopefully, uh, if we remember is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, like how helpful Instagram, you know, by itself was because Instagram seems to be the, uh, the game changer, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it tells the, the story, right. Of, of not only the, the style, the creativity, but the, the actual hairdresser himself. Yeah. It's, it's or herself or herself. Exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Instagram kind of like intimidates me because uh, there's so many incredible, incredible artists on there. But, you know, that's that, 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 that's a conversation for, you know, many, many more shows. Um, I really want to get into, uh, into Natalie's story and, and, and the business of Balayage. So, um, yeah, with uh, no further ado, let's introduce Miss Natalie Boo. How are you, Natalie? Welcome to the show. I'm good. How are you? Awesome, man. We're so excited to have you um, <laughs> all the way from California. What um yeah, bright and early. That's right. I think we have California weather today for the first time this year. Yay. It's so gorgeous outside. You got it instead of us. We're overcast over here today. 
Oh, you can have it. You can. We don't want it back. Because <laughs> for us, overcast is 30 degrees. 30 degrees you know? Ooh, yeah. No, I'll keep mine. So, Natalie, uh, where did you grow up? Where are you from? Um, well, I was born in Texas. I moved a ton growing up, but I've lived the majority of my life in Southern California, uh, basically middle school through high school. And then I came back after college. Where'd you go to college? Um, the first time I went to a school <laughs> in, <laughs> I went to a school in Oklahoma called TU, it's University of Tulsa. It's a little private school out there. Mm-hmm. Um, my stepdad is a college football coach. So I had the opportunity to go to school for free if I went out there. Um, and I am not a big fan of death. So I moved. So, not a big fan of death. That's the smartest thing. I've ever heard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, and then the second oh, time I went slow to down, slow down, slow down. So he's a, football coach? he's a football coach. He is. He is. Is he still coaching in college? Uh, this is the first time he is not coaching in 17 years. Oh, wow. This season, the first time. Most recently, he was the head coach at ASU. That is so cool, man. Awesome. We're a big football yeah. fan. <laughs> They're both grinning. I am also a big football fan. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. What's crazy is I've not been in this industry in my entire career, obviously, but, um, this is the first industry that does not care that my dad coaches football. So <laughs> until this moment, until this moment. the majority, hearing you guys giggle is fun. Yeah, we have a guest coming on, and uh, he played college football. And so, it, you know, and he's an amazing uh, social media influencer. And uh, so, Corey and I were talking about, yeah, instead of talking about, you know, hair, we, we want to talk about his football college days. You know? experience. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? That's amazing. <laughs> I, I totally thought, like she said, she said a couple key words. Right? She said she grew up in Texas, and that she grew and that she traveled around a lot. So I totally thought she was going to say, oh, "I'm Air Force" or "I'm Army" or you know, her family's. But 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 football, football's amazing. People ask every time, "Are you in the military?" Nope. Yeah, totally, that's incredible, man. Right. I kind of, I want to ditch the whole interview and just ask her about her childhood growing <laughs> up. Right, that is awesome. So, okay. So how did, how did you, um, find your way into the hair industry? How did the hair find you? So, um, originally I came and I found this essentially because my clients were interested in starting a company and they are in the hair industry. I owned, um, small business marketing and development company with my wife in Orange County. And we basically helped entrepreneurs take their ideas and turn them into businesses um, if they were viable and help them brand and help them build. And that's what we did with um, the business of Voyage. They were originally our clients and um, they were looking for help. They're like, is this an idea that can be legitimately turned into a company um, or is this just going to be a side hustle? And they really thought it was just going to be a side hustle. And I'm like, I really think it's going to work because at the same point in time, all of these other companies outside of our industry, um, you're seeing a huge rise in education that wasn't accredited. Like all of a sudden that accreditation didn't mean anything. You were just getting the knowledge from the source. Um, so being able to see that that could be a possibility in the hair industry was really exciting to 
kind of be a part of from the ground up. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, it's pretty amazing too that, you know, she kind of like invested in one of her clients, you know, businesses, you know, that, that that's just a different kind of track, you know, right. where, where you actually buy. <laughs> right. We, we went all in, we, we closed, like they, they called us one day within their first year and they're like, we're overwhelmed. We're not sure what to do. They were kind of at a grow or go point. And we were still helping them day to day building classes and doing their website and stuff like that. But we weren't all the way in. And they, by the end of the conversation, we were like, well, if you really want to do this, we'll go all in. And we did. We shut down our company. We closed out our clients' accounts. We handed them off and we went in full force with BFE. So that's that's amazing. So we're having, you know, a lot of times you see hairdressers evolve into uh, th- these other business oriented, you know, whether it's ownership, education, you know, we're having real other uh, industry professionals coming into our industry and sharing their love and helping our industry, impacting our industry and helping it grow, you know what I mean? And helping us as hairdressers or salon owners, uh, be even better than you know where we've taken it already yeah i mean it's great to have that like outside influence right like you know well and for us as hairdressers we're artists right so to have someone from a marketing or from a different perspective help us open our eyes a little more and see you know that a little bit better that's really cool yeah now obviously that's i mean you know instagram and other avenues uh people like business of balayage is really uh you know taking that platform and helping us take, you know, our, our skills and, and sure, business like, to another like everybody's level. flourishing, right? Yeah. It's so funny because our industry was such a joke for so many years. And now like the outside world is starting to, mm-hmm. um, starting to see, you know, what we've always seen or what we've always felt, I guess. I mean, again, being creatives, you know, we, we kind of work more on, on feeling than we do, you know, sight a lot of times. So yeah. that's amazing. Hey, Natalie, thanks, it's man. Been cool. It's been so, neat to watch the hairdresser see themselves as, business owners. I don't think that that has been the mentality for very long. Right. Yeah. For the, for the longest time, you know, they're just, you know, just artists, right. They're just, you know, just behind the chair. Yeah. Just creative. (laughs) We're being more empowered that way too. Like being our own bosses and owning our own studios. And, you know, that is, I think that is pretty recent that the stylists feel like they can step out more and have more control over their business. I think it's more, you know, we talked a little bit too. I think it's more than just, um, you know, stepping out to have more control. I think by stepping out and having more control, you, you have your brain automatically clicks into a more entrepreneurial kind of like space, you know? Yeah. So, and you know, I I definitely think the future is more entrepreneurship. So that's awesome. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, Natalie's in the middle of it. So now that you're all in uh, at this point with business of balayage, what did you guys or how did you guys, is this what you joined in 2016 or 15 or 16? So we built the brand. Um, we built the brand in February and March of 2015, um, went live to the public in March. And then we came on as full partners the following February. Um, so yeah, almost yeah. a year later. Right. In 2016. And then, so you guys are full on in 2016. And so let's tell us the story uh, of business of balayage and the booze and, you know, Kara, all you guys, you know, that, cause you, it, 
How'd you grow the business? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, in two, two years, years it, you guys have exploded. Totally. Well, I really have to say that, I mean, without Instagram, we wouldn't be what we are. So, um, it, you know, three years ago, Instagram wasn't brand new, but people were just then figuring out what it could do and what it could do for businesses. Um, and especially for the independent stylist, whether they're booth rental or whether they have their own studio, then being able to look and see um, tangible educators, tangible education in a digital platform so easily, so freely, and in these microscopic little bites was really exciting. Um, it previously was something more along the lines of Facebook where you just saw everybody's like farmer's market trip or like their family photos. Um, but being able to see how, what, it, what it could do for the industry and what it could do for them behind the chair, I think was the most monumental thing. And the fact that we got to start at the same point that that was blowing up for a lot of hairstylists was really the reason that we grew the way we did. As you guys are growing this through this, through the, the social media platform and, and outside of that, do you guys, have a, have like a core value kind of like you know you guys stick to your guns and it, it, as you're growing this totally uh, the bottom line that we refuse to change and people have tried to challenge us on multiple times was the independent part of our education we believe that the core of our business is in technique based education um, that that's what has set us apart from the beginning that that's what's confusing the heck out of products you know, manufacturers and that that's something that was a pretty much a gaping hole in our industry up until like, like five years ago, you know, um, that it wasn't product revolved, that it was about the techniques that you could do with the tools. The tools are absolutely important. They will still make or break you. Um, we talk about it as if like an artist, an artist has talent if they have the techniques that they're, you know, given to paint. But if you don't give them the paint to paint with it, it doesn't really mean anything. The both have a very important place. But I think that what's changed is that now product um, education isn't what's controlling all of it, which is kept it all sales based. And now it is about the two parts. It is about understanding the power of the product and understanding the techniques that go behind it. And people have tried to make us exclusive. People have tried to um, get us to commit um, to only using this, only talking about that. And we just can't. Like, we owe it to our students to never do that. Good for you. That's pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> it's like... You know, she's committed to uh, to go down with the ship, no no matter mm-hmm. you know if the ship sinks or swims, right? At, I mean, at least we'll have a good conscience about it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do. They eventually, you know, sell out for the because you know, when, especially when big corporations want to get involved, and you know, they see you're doing so well, they want to buy you up. We've seen a lot of companies been bought up, and uh, you know, that's kudos. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. For sticking with that, you know, I mean, that's that's having the big picture plan, I guess. It's we know it'll the, pay off in the long run. Yeah, that's, that's right. I feel you. Keep your eye, keep your eye on the big picture. You know, right. like, man, business of Bali yeah. is buying everybody up. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the way that we see it, like if if they're asking those questions, if they're trying to acquire of that of that of us, then we're doing something right. So, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Just gonna stick it out. Well, we here you got a couple of 
East Coasters here, you know, in all of a uh, of business of balayage who's out in California. You know what I mean? You guys are obviously making your mark out here. Yeah, it's amazing. So what um what's been the biggest change since you guys took over in 2016? Probably the, our growing team. So when we came on, there were only two educators and two assistant educators, which really limited our ability to go wide. And today we have over 30 team members in our company. And those are real humans that we interact with on a regular basis. They're not people who just get trained by trainers, They're, which most product companies end up doing. Like these are our people, they're our friends, and they're really amazing educators. Um, but the biggest reason that's changed our company is it, I think it really is was the first thing that set us apart from other independent education that was kind of popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, most independent education is revolved around a single human. So Natalie, so let's say like a, a young Katie May wants to be on that team. Like what does she have to do or, or, or how does she become a team member? How does one become a team member at um, Business of Balea? We, so every year we do a summit. We do an educator summit where we open applications. We actually leave our applications open year round now, but we only pull them and have people come in uh, once a year. So that that you, it's a physical application that you would find like on your website or something. Yeah. So it's on our website. If you really want to know like exactly where it is, um, <laughs> underneath <laughs> underneath join, there's a little tab that says get involved, and the third tab down is join our educator team. So we have a little application, and it's asked things like why do you want to be a part of what why the business of balayage. There's lots of other education companies like. Are you just applying to a bunch of education companies? Are you, what do you, what drew you to us? Um, we also ask you to submit your work um, to see if you're a good fit. We know that we're not a good fit for everybody. We specialize, we believe in the everyday hairstylist. The hairstylist that's behind the chair, you know, three to four days a week. So now that, your, your educators are not necessarily all in California then. They are all over nope. the U.S.? All over the U.S. So we actually have two in Virginia. We've got two in Denver. We've got two in Oklahoma. We've we've got them all over. We definitely have a majority in California because that's where we started. But we have team members all over the U.S. Where where do you see the next couple of years as far as your uh, your team member membership? Our big focus um, and shift has really been in taking the artists that we have and that we are working with, and kind of trying to fuel what their passions are. So that's how a lot of our curriculums have evolved into adding other things. Like we now offer razor cutting because we have this amazing um, hair cutter, uh, Justin, who is also based out of Southern California, but he, um, he has a passion for razor cutting and he's really good at it. And he is a spectacular teacher. So we kind of see it as our responsibility now that we have figured out how to run classes and have this system going that we help share other artists' artistry. So that's kind of where we're moving is um, focusing on stuff beyond us where we want to continue to grow. Awesome. Cause that's when I, uh, when I was, uh, you know, my job was to uh, stalk you guys and research you guys. And (laughs) it was was so much more than balayage. I mean, you guys, yeah. It's becoming a full out, you know, 
from razor cutting to balayage to color classes to social media, you guys do it all. You offer it all, um, which I, you know, I, I thought was, you know, pretty amazing because as I'm trying to research them and just trying to learn more about them, I'm like, man, wow. I was just There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I was in all, you know, every page with everybody that you guys, uh, you know, sponsor. There's actually, it's actually pretty funny, Natalie, like last, uh, last couple of weeks when we were uh, prepping um, for you to come on, you know, the, the question I asked Tony is, is I was like, have they marketed themselves? Have they backed themselves into a corner because the business of because the word balayage isn't going to be a relevant word necessarily forever, right? So you know, balayage is very much a trend in our industry, and trends, you know, seem to come and go. Except perms, let's keep those away. But for the rest of them, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my and, gosh, people are trying so hard to bring those back right now. Uh, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and they have our entire career, but um, but Tony, uh, you know, he set me straight. He goes, no, 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 no. that's not what they are. They're not that at all they are much more than that they're much bigger than that and they um they're starting to evolve into uh into other education stuff and um i was kind of interested too um you said that you guys have a education system um is that something that that you can articulate i mean i'm interested in 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 how that and how whatever your education system is that it um it translates to everything that you guys are teaching absolutely so that's kind of my job in a nutshell my technical title is director of operations and marketing. So I run the system. (laughs) So um, essentially we want to be tangible to every level of hairstylist, whether they be our student or a salon that wants to host us or somebody who can't necessarily get to one of our physical classes, but really wants to experience a new kind of education. Um, Because we've been to all but three states, I believe in the United States. So we try to get to everyone we can and we've been to Europe and stuff, but we um, we're really trying. I'm sorry. Been to Maryland. We have. Awesome. All right. So <laughs> yes. next, let us yeah. know next time when you're back at Maryland so we can. I know. Hit you up. I know okay. I pressed on you guys and I was like, okay, we can do another class in Maryland. We'll do that area. Or DC <laughs> or Northern Virginia. Cause it's, you know, we actually do a lot of classes in Northern Virginia because two of our educators um, are based out of Richmond and um, it's really easy for them to get to those areas. So we can hold classes in that area really frequently. All but right. um, what was the question? <laughs> We're in. We're in. What, what's your, uh, back to the question. What, um, how is your uh, your teaching technique or your your school? Uh, I mean, your teaching techniques. How how are they different than what everybody else is doing? And like you, you said, that you know you have a system that you're that, that you have in place, an education system. Yes. Um, so we really believe in the power of hands-on education. Not that um, there isn't a benefit to look and learn, but we don't believe that as many people can absolutely learn from a look learn look and learn. So um, that's why we have an involved hands-on education in every single one of our classes. We have a look and learn portion to every class. We have a hands-on portion to every class. And that is part of our in-class system for making sure that our students actually walk away with knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, on the back backside, um, it's building relationships with salons. The salons that are on fire about education, because there's plenty of salons that don't see the value in it. All they see is that it's paid for education rather than the free education that they get from 
X, Y, and Z product company. Uh Um, But those that do value education are the ones that are growing more quickly, that are constantly getting a larger clientele. And um, we love working with those salons that are still on fire or want to reignite their fire for this industry because there's so much to be had um, that we love setting up. As far as our system goes, it's a pretty simple one. Um, We have a platform for our hosts and they have a dedicated person that handholds every single one of our hosts through the process. Mm-hmm. They have dedicated people that help support our students or people that are considering becoming students. Um, our educators, we have a minimum of two educators per class. And we have usually our average class size is about 15. <clears throat> so we keep it really intimate. We want, we want every student to be able to get individual feedback and be able to ask questions. The one thing that we hear over and over again, like our feedback is, I actually felt comfortable asking questions, which in normal classes, I would be too embarrassed to say something. Right. So, um, so is it, is it normally a seven to one ratio? So like, if you had, if you had like 25, would you have like three educators or if there was 25, you yes. 7.5. <laughs> we have a maximum ratio of 10 to one max, but we barely ever push that. Um, right. If we had 25, we'd probably send four educators just because that means that there's, um, even more things to be done in the back end, um, as far as mixing product and prepping color and making sure that every student has the materials that they need. We really want this to be as intimate as possible. And I think that that's one of the things that set us apart. You're not going to be in a room full of 50 people trying to figure this out. That's beautiful. Cause you're, I mean, it's, you're really looking out for the hairdresser. It's not about the, you know, it's how many people we can squeeze in our class and trying to make this amount of money. You guys are truly wanting the hairdresser to just totally get what you're, what you're at, you're teaching. You know what I mean? It's truly, truly an intimate setting as far as, uh, you know, a hairdresser's growth. It's fantastic. Thank you. We, I mean, we see the benefit of that more than trying to get, I mean, if we get 50 people in at a thousand bucks a head, sure, you'll make $50,000. But if we get a few people in that actually can turn around and turn it into more money, then that means that they're coming back for more classes. And that means that they're talking about how it's changed their career behind the chair. That means that they're feeling more confident about their business. And that in turn grows our entire industry. Are your educators, do you, you train them for your classes or have they been educators before? Some of our educators have worked for other education teams, um, not independent education, but a lot of them have experienced product education and things like that. Um, But all of them are trained by us for at least a year. Wow. Before they teach new curriculum. So um, actually take that back. Most of them start at six months. So they start at an assistant role. So we have a lead educator and assistant educator and they'll start assistant educating pretty quickly after they've shadowed a few times, but we, we will pay for them to fly to locations to shadow classes to experience it. Because if, even if we were just to fly them in here and try to teach them how our education works, it doesn't mean anything if they can't apply it to a class concept. Yeah. It's not on job on the job training, right? Totally. So you guys are like the Yale of education. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I'm going to use that, Corey. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> She's still gonna I'm going to use that quote right there. <laughs> Yell of education. Uh, uh, make sure that you uh, make sure that you credit um, y- your day off podcast. When you, do that. you got it. So you, so you mentioned independent a lot. So in your classes, do, are you seeing more independent hairdressers or, you, or is it more salon based uh, hairdressers? Oh, that word independent can be applied so many different ways in our industry. We honestly have a almost like 50, 50 split of the type of hairdressers that we get in our classes. Um, we get a lot of commissions salons that will have us bring private classes to them. Um, we have a lot of different types of hairdresser. We've definitely seen a higher raise. If you, if you consider three years ago, even it was only like 25, 30% of hairdressers that were really independent, really independent. Um, and that's grown tremendously. So I think we definitely attract those, but it's not the majority. It's probably at 50, 50. Awesome. Cause uh, you know, there's starting to, there's this, this tug of war kind of movement. We were in a conversation about independent studios versus salon and, you know, there's a need for both. And, it, and it, you know what I mean? There's no reason for one to hate the other or vice versa. You know what I mean? It's, it's all needed. So it, it I don't know where that came Absolutely. from. Absolutely. Probably take it out. No, it's true. <laughs> I'm like, you know. <laughs> I think it's important though. Like there really does seem to be a battle, especially with salon owners. Like they feel the need to battle. I don't know that stylists do as much. Um, but I see it with salon owners all the time that just kind of want to fight through it. Like I'm the way to do it. Salon owners have the most to lose in this game, right? They have, uh, you know, talented artists and to lose. And, um, you know, I think that it, I think we're on a pendulum swing. I mean, I think at some place at all, it's going to even out and, and everybody can, uh, can be happy. But, um, you know, Sorry. and I think because of Instagram or because of social media, you know, there is this seismic, is that the word? Seismatic shift that's happening. Not, it is now. <laughs> it is it now. Is now. I'm, I'm <laughs> so, um, yeah. It, um, you know, it's happening and, and because of, uh, because of, uh, again, social media, it's happening so fast and in the, I don't know if the industry can necessarily keep up with what's happening or, or, or how to manage it, you know, and, and, you know, we're asking for an industry that's been managed for so many years now to, to, to get shook up a little bit. So, um, I think it's good for everybody. That's an amazing number that she had though. Like, you know, two, three years ago, it was 25%. And now today it's 50%, you know, independent I mean, hairdressers in the class. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, we have, we have stylists come to us and they, they're like, what do I pick? And honestly, they both have amazing things to offer. It just depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for stability, consistency, and not as much responsibility, go with a commission form. If you're looking for freedom, you want to pick your own hours, you want to pick who you do, be a booth renter or do your own studio. So I think they both have things to offer. And as soon as people stop trying to line it up to one another it'll all be okay 100 percent. well said yeah it's very well said actually that was great so natalie so if i'm like a salon or if i'm a independent hairdresser well i actually have two questions and hopefully you can answer both of them in one swoop um one do you guys have a school that's available and two if uh if you come and visit a salon or or if you do have a school like what's the cost to like either the individual hairdresser or to the salon. So we don't, as far as, I think you mean cosmetology school. Is that what you mean? No, no. I just meant like, do you guys have a space where, you know, I, you know like, if I was, space. Okay. Awesome. could I come over? So, and yeah. school? <laughs> so that one, yes. We, we don't do anything pre-licensed. 
Um, but we do have our own academy space. We've got that in, uh, it's in Southern California. It's about 10 minutes from the Orange County Airport. Um, it's a fun little warehouse. We don't do um, hair out of it every day. It's purely for our classes. It's a creative space. It's really, it's actually really beautiful if you ever want to creep on it. Um, (laughs) we got really lucky. We actually have this thing called a photo cove. Um, it's the largest one in Orange County, but there's no corners. It's all white. So you like the depth perception in there is really neat. Anyways. Um, so we do do, we do have an academy space. Um, that's been really amazing. And again, it's intimate. We host a maximum of probably 20 students in there at a time because that reflects the kind of education that we do. Um, as far as how to host a class, we there's no cost to the salon host. We kind of took that out. Um, a lot of salon hosts still don't know what to do with us. They call and they're like, well, what's the fee? I'm like, there's mm-hmm. no fee. You actually get a free ticket. And you. the only thing that we do ask our salon hosts to do is help us find a model in the area because we're usually not in that area. Right. And we ask them to provide lunch. So that's the only cost. To, to the host. So they get a free ticket for every 10 tickets that we sell um, just because we want them to feel a part of and feel a thing. And then our actual cost to our students, it varies by curriculum. So we have three levels of courses. Um, we actually have some, I'm just going to say it. We have new courses that we're releasing in about uh, two months that are brand new. We are kind of throwing out the handbook. So our staple classes when we started were Balayage Essentials and Balayage Advanced. And um, the industry's grown. It's changed. It's evolved. Um, so we have started, we're rolling those two classes out starting this summer. And we're going to be replacing it with an absolute balayage class, which is kind of the combination. It's the baby of those two. Um, if they had had a child. Um, and then we're rolling out um, a creative placement class as well as a color correction course. Um, and then we're going to have a hands-on color correction course as well. Um, and we still have our uh, blonde advanced class. So we're, we're in the process of a shift. We're trying to make sure that we're constantly growing with the industry and we wanted our classes to reflect that. Um, we have about three years of feedback from students. So they're like, okay, I'd really love a course on this. And this is kind of what's come from it. So we're really excited. But the cost uh, per student change on the curriculum that they choose. I like that. Well, you heard it first here on your day off. Uh, <laughs> Heck yeah. That's right. New curriculum. That's awesome. So that, so, so your your. Th- 30 educators, would they be um, responsible for all the new curriculum and stuff? Or do you just kind of roll it out with, um, you know, like uh, by educator by educator? So a little bit of both. So we are having major training days where they're just going to learn the content of the new curriculum to make sure that they understand conceptually what we're going for. But to be completely honest, most of these have been created in collaboration with our educators. Like along the way, we're saying, okay, this is what we're kind of thinking. What do you think of this? Does this translate in a classroom? So most of them, they all know about it, obviously. They're not surprised by it, but um, transmitting it to a class platform is going to be fun. So 
we're going to have our first like 10, 12 educators that are trained in-house heavily on that by the creators and then slowly work it out towards the rest of the nation. I mean, that's the question. How do you like being, being located in Southern California, how do you spread it across the country? Like, how does it, how does that happen? That seems like a, uh, like a, a, a scheduling nightmare. Well, daunting. <laughs> exactly, totally. So, all I can say is thank God for technology. <laughs> right. um, we do, I mean, we have a constantly rolling chat with our entire group that we do on like private pages. We've got an entire tool set up for our team to be able to communicate. Um, we do Facebook lives when we're teaching about new techniques because every Wednesday we do a creative day at our academy space just with the owners and some of our local stylists sometimes. And we'll be like, okay, so this is something that we're doing. We'll go live in the private um, educator page and they'll be able to see kind of what we're doing and interact and ask questions. And sometimes other people will go live, like our educators that do our vivid classes. Um, we have two amazing educators that are running our new vivid course that are showing our team constantly new tricks because they might not apply it to direct dye, but you can still apply the same lightning techniques and color techniques behind the chair. So our team's constantly sharing and it's all because of technology. We're always in contact. So it's not as much of a nightmare as you think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, thank you for technology. I just have a question and this might throw us off just a little bit, but listening to you talk, you sound so educated and you sound like you would be a hairdresser, right? Like everything you're saying, it's just, I totally <laughs> believe you. Like it's so good. You're so good. And I'm just curious how that, how that came to you owning your salon because you own a salon with a partner, right? I do. I have two, um, Lynn's love hair on Instagram and Kara love hair on Instagram. They, um, I own a little salon with them in Orange County, which is really fun. I had no intention of ever getting into the hair industry. Um, (laughs) So I'm not really sure how it happened, but it happened. And I love it. Like, they're amazing people. They're amazing creatives. My background is definitely not hair, but I've been working with the hair industry now for three years. I know the terminology. I've sat through almost every single one of our classes locally. Um, Like, I know I've sat through every single class. That's so I know the terms and I, sometimes I play, like I actually did my first essentials class last year, like actually painted hair. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really hard. Welcome to the family. <laughs> You're officially a hairdresser. <laughs> what is this? Is they you- told me that I did good, but I know they were lying and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she said they didn't do any classes for uh, pre-licensed people. Yeah. <laughs> We actually do allow because our level one and level two classes are only done on doll heads. You you can be in Cosmo school and come, so it's not exclusive to graduated people unless we're looking working on live models, which is our level three classes. So we do get a lot of Cosmo students. Was your first model a mannequin? Yes, I've only worked on mannequins. Never worked on a human. (laughs) Do not trust me with humans. She goes, oh, mom, mom. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, no. My my mom would die. <laughs> my mom loves our company. She's obsessed. She talks about it everywhere she can, um, which is super sweet. But up until probably six months ago, she was still calling it the business of Bellagio. 
So I'm not sure like what that turned into out into the world of the internet. So I don't know. Funny. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> okay. So just kind of a uh, real quick, give us the rundown to like um, where somebody can find the business of Balayage, like, you know, your Instagram handles or your websites and all that good stuff. Sure. So on Instagram is probably the most fun way to engage with us initially to see what we post. We are the business of Balayage on Instagram and it's B-A-L-A-Y-A-G-E just because people spell it some really interesting ways. Um, But every single post that we have on there is hair done by one of our educators. So I think that that's been the biggest thing that's continued to differentiate us between us and other education teams that have come up. Um, is most of them started as repost pages. And we have never been and never will be a repost page. We just share the, the hair that our education team does because we want it to reflect accurately what you find behind the, like in the classroom. That's so smart. Um, we try. We want to be transparent. And then the other part is our website, thebusinessofballage.com. Um, we also have businessofballage.com. So if you want to cut out the bill, that's fine too. You could just get redirected. <laughs> um, but that's where you can reserve one of our classes. You can see all of our upcoming dates. If you aren't sure what's closest to you, if you scroll down to the bottom of our homepage, we have a little map and you can type in your location and it'll show you the closest classes to you. Um, but it's really fun. So check us out. That's awesome. Are you still writing for uh, doing your blog for American Salon? Uh, American Salon. I have not been writing as many this year, just because we've been swamped with our re- new curriculum builds. But I'm starting back up in um, summer, so I'm super excited. Yeah, I wrote for American Salon for about a year and a half. Yeah, I, I, I wrote all of their business stuff. I, it, I I'm blown away by your your knowledge of our industry, even in such a short period of time, because as I'm reading through all those, I'm like, wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not just necessarily hair. It's about marketing and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. which takes me to my question now, uh, about the, uh, uh, the six mistakes of, you know, uh, you know, you can do on social media, right? The strength of social media. When it, get yeah. The dreaded mistakes that you're making on Instagram. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want her to go on our account now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, totally. No, I try Tell us to, what we're I, doing wrong. <laughs> Instagram can be such a powerful tool if you take the time to do it right. And I think so many people just try to make themselves do it that it ends up hindering them more than helping them because they're not taking the time to do it right. So I try to I try to share that. So um, do you want me to do a little run through of like what the mistakes are? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Um, So the first one that I see like time and time again is that people don't have a strategy, which is super understandable. You guys aren't busy behind the chair. You're entrepreneurs um, that have your hands full. So it shows in your work and it shows in the inconsistency of your posts and the way that they look. So that's the biggest thing I recommend is have a strategy. And there's so many tools that can help you do that. One of my favorite, like easy ones, especially for a hairdresser, because you guys are all so visual, is Planoly. It's P-L-A-N-O-L-Y. Um, and you can actually upload pictures that you want to post to your feed. And you can drag and drop them to see how they'll look in your grid. 
um, to make sure that it all looks cohesive. So I love recommending that for people who are just trying to figure out what Instagram could look like for them. Um, and I generally recommend when you're trying to figure out what your feed should look like, go find accounts that inspire you. Go find accounts that you're like, yes, I want to look this good. And figuring out what the consistencies are in their posts. Is it the same filter? Is it that they're posting a pattern? Figuring out what is working for them and figuring out how you can apply it to your business is probably like one of the most important things. Wow, that's brilliant. That's only number one. (laughs) 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 I have a really bad habit of not breathing, so I'm going to take deep breaths between these so you can (laughs) cut out. I'm already um, <laughs> um, so mistake number two is that they aren't focused on quality. Um, so many hairstylists come to me and they're like, I post on Instagram all the time. And it doesn't bring me any business. So I'm not going to invest in a nice like, phone or camera to take photos because it's already not paying off. And I'm like, that's why it's not paying off. It's not paying off because you haven't invested in quality photos in quality means of capturing your work. I don't care how beautiful it is in the salon. If you're trying to translate that to people with, you know, the quality of a flip phone, it's just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I, I do still have not. a couple of clients that have flip phones, by the way. <laughs> My dad. Yeah. It's scary. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I will. I wish I could tell you that this is a lie, but we see students come to our classes and they want to take after pictures of the models that we did in class and they whip out their ancient phone. And I'm like, I can't even tell that that's had a hair. It's just a pretty colorful blob, but no, do not post that on Instagram. You're better off not posting that stuff than posting it and it reflecting poorly on you. Like that's a bad association Right. when they could make amazing assumptions about your absence. They could think, Oh, she's just too busy to actually post. recommend we love most of our pictures that are on our instagram people te- like dm me all day what was this taken with how did you get this photo what did you edit with they're almost always iphones almost always an iphone you said yep apple rules it does. It's amazing. And I hate to sound like an Apple junkie, but like the new uh, portrait mode that like the one that came on the 7 Plus is awesome. But the one that's on the 10 is just that much smarter. So if you're going to invest in a new phone, do X. It'll be worth it. It's a write-off. And you'll thank <laughs> you later when you have very pretty photos. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. <laughs> they are. So um, invest in yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, so Natalie, so uh, what's... um. Tell me about number three. What's the, what, what's the third mistake that we make on social media? Okay. Third one is kind of the opposite, unfortunately, to number two, and that's that they don't post staff. While I say quality is really important, you want to make sure that you're pushing yourself to be as regular as possible. In my opinion, quality still trumps quantity, but the goal is to have both. So once you've nailed down your photo-taking skills, Get in the habit of posting regularly. I challenge my girls to try to post seven to 10 times a week. That means one or more posts a day. And that can seem like a lot, but it doesn't have to be. So you should be taking at least 15 photos of every client that you have. 
and use every single one of those angles in your feed. They don't know. Your, your followers don't know that it's the same person. They don't have to know as long as you spread them out in your feed. Or you do the three, the three post grid, which means that you post three pictures of the same client at different angles. And a lot of people do that for simplicity while keeping the quality of their grid looking nice. So would you, you yeah, yeah, definitely. Would you, uh, would you recommend doing all three of those at the same time or, or spreading them out um, either different times during the day or during the week? Honestly, with the new algorithm, I used to say that you should post at different times. So before the algorithm, the time that you posted was super important. Um, because that meant that there was a certain number of people that were going to be on Instagram at that time in your area that you could target. With the algorithm, it kind of all went out the window because Instagram chooses when and who to show in your followers' feed. So now I say post all three. Post all three, you know, if you do it four days a week um, that you're pushing three photos, all of those are individually going to come to your followers at different times and on different days. So save yourself the headache and just a little push it. Oh, right. So yeah, that's nice. So does the algorithm throw it all to the wall and see what sticks? <laughs> is that what you're kind of saying? Like, yeah, the algorithm <laughs> changed things up and some people are really pissed about it. <laughs> yeah, I know you hear about it all the time, right? Yeah. But well, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's requiring... It's requiring actual engagement. That's what is driving people nuts is you didn't have to actually like physically engage. Um, prior to the algorithm, you could set up robots to do things for you. And today you have to, you have to engage or else Instagram isn't going to show you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, I, like I said earlier, I'm batting zero. So tell me the fourth <laughs> thing that I'm not doing. Or that I'm making a mistake <laughs> Um, okay, so number four is hashtags. And we get questions about hashtags all the time, but people are asking the wrong questions when it comes to hashtags. They just ask, which hashtag should I be using? If it were that simple, people would be so much better on Instagram than they actually are. But it's not that simple. It's not, there's not a cheat sheet. It comes down to knowing who you're talking to or who you want to bring into your chair. Um, so I generally tell people to focus on a few different things when they're considering what hashtags to use. Um, the first one is their community. So stop thinking about hair because your client isn't usually looking for hair. So you can include up to 30 hashtags in a post. Um, and at most, five of them should be hair related at most. Wow. Unless you're targeting other hairdressers. So if you're a hairstylist behind the chair and you're trying to look for new clients, because that's usually who's coming and asking these questions. The, the maximum that you should be including is five hashtags for hair related, like so just, as example, so just as an example, would you use like, like the town you're in or yeah. like what would those other hashtags look like if they're not hair related? So the first one's going to be community. So it's going to be the area that you're in. Um, it's going to be the activities that your ideal client participates in. So if you're targeting yoga moms that, you know, work, they don't really work, but they uh, are stay at home in the afternoons and they do their yoga and they do their thing in the morning, then you're going to focus on um, 
like local yoga or local ballet studios, um, maybe uh, juice bars, where they're going to be spending their time, where they're going to be spending their money. That's what you need to revolve your hashtag around um, are things that they are already engaging in that feed them. Like what gets them excited is what you need to be tagging about. That is absolutely brilliant. So smart and so obvious. I know, right? It is so <laughs> obvious, right? Like after you hear it, you're like, uh, yeah, why have I not been doing that my entire life? Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, another angle to that, too, is like that you can, um, you know, like yoga or like juice bars and stuff. You can also um, tag your way into a higher income. Right. So if you're looking for a higher income client, that's how you can kind of of advertise to them. You know, so you're not looking for, you know, people looking for a deal, but, you know, people that can um, afford your career, you know. Well, and another piece that goes with that when people are trying to tag higher incomes do the geolocation, like instead of saying where you actually are, because you don't have to, I could tag New York City right now and I'm in Southern California. Instagram lets me tag that I am wherever I want to be. Um, wild imagination. Um, but, <laughs> a <lot> of, <laughs> but a lot of our stylists, like I encourage them, like go tag really nice restaurants that like are super high end, that only people with a lot of money to drop are going to be spending their time with. Because those people are the ones that you want to bring into your chair. That is like, genius. Now, would you just hashtag them? Or you also have you also have not just hashtags, but you can also like tag different businesses and stuff. Would you do that as well? Like you know, at sign yep. them. So there's two different ways to involve businesses, and that's tagging them in a photo, and then there is mentioning them, which is the at sign in the description. Right. Um. So they both have their benefits. The at sign in the description is not going to get the attention of most big companies because you can only see a maximum of a maximum of a hundred notifications in your Instagram notification feed. Um, but it is it is one of the most engaged clicks on an Instagram post. So um, if somebody is reading your post and you say, "I am using you know techniques techniques that I learned from at the business of Balayage." Well, I personally who read the uh, notifications, I'm probably not going to see it because we get too many. Um, there are going to be more people that click on that to engage with it. So that's why that part's important. Right. Um, on the other side, the ones that you tag in the photos, uh, our companies are going to see. So I can actually go and search through all the people who have tagged me in their photo, tag the business of Balayage in their photos. Um, and I can look back at thousands of those. You know, we've been tagged in hundreds of thousands of photos in the last three years, and I can go back and look at every single one, which is rad. Wow. I mean, from her perspective, from the business perspective, I mean, what great intel that you have there, you know? Right. That's totally game changing. I know. I mean, we spent a lot of time on it before. I think you should. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm working on my second strikeout. First three I struck out, now four I I swung and missed. I'm up again. <laughs> so, uh, so tell us how Tony's going to fail with number five. Okay, so number five is like it still makes me like cringe, but people who buy their following and buy their likes, um, oh, people yeah. still do it all the time. It seems so easy. They're like, "Well, I just want to look good. If I just have like ten thousand followers, then more people will follow me." Right on. So it sounds simple enough. 
Um, and if that were just where it ended, I would say, go for it. It'll help your ego feel good. It'll make you feel more comfortable posting, whatever. But the way that Instagram works is that it sees who is putting energy into your account, who is appreciating it. And it goes and finds other people that relate to those people because that's who you're hunting for. Right. So you don't know what other companies have used this um, auto follow feature. If it's a porn company, you're going to get a bunch of people who are looking for porn and they're going to be super disappointed when you are just showing hair. <laughs> 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 and it happens all the time. Like I, you know, I'll go, I spend way too much time on Instagram, but I'll go through and see people um, who engage with us and they have very obviously uh, purchased following and they'll have porn people robots because a lot of companies use robots to respond and comment and they'll be like so hot <laughs> in the comments <laughs> and like that's not going to help your business that's not going to bring twice to your chair if anything like everybody's uncomfortable now um, <laughs> that's awesome so just like don't do it don't do it it's worth taking the time to build it naturally um, we built ours to 157, I think, thousand followers in three years. And like, it, that's been day in, day out. You'll see in our feed, like we post three times a day still. We post a lot. Wow. Are, um, are you responsible and, for Natalie? Are you the one that makes the final decision on what images go up and stuff? I'm, yeah, I'm the orchestrator of the Instagram. Awesome. Um, which is terrifying. Um, but it's really fun. <laughs> okay, so the last really mistake. Fun. What's the last mistake we're making? So the very last one is going to be that they fail to engage. So like I kind of mentioned before, um, the algorithm has changed things. And this was already valid, you know, two years ago, but it's even more so now in that you have to engage with your following. You have to engage on your page, so people who engage with you, and outside. If you only engage with people who comment on your stuff, Instagram is not going to reward you. You have to go outside, spend some time on your explore page, tell Instagram what you like, what you want more of. Um, I will tell you that if you're a hairstylist trying to build your following, that you should involve more time in trying to be in your client's mindset when you're liking things. Because as much as you like hair, you're only going to bring yourself more hair people. Right. Um, focus so on what they would like. Go like all the yoga bars and stuff like that. So that would go hand in hand with the hashtags that you were mentioning then. Exactly. Engage, go be involved, like things for, on people, comment on things. Um, don't do short comments. So they say that the rule is kind of four words or more will show as official engagement. If you're just going so rad in like an emoji, Right. Instagram doesn't see it as legitimate engagement. So four words or more is kind of your magic spot. I fail on that all the time. Like I comment on things, you know, all the time. And it's usually just, you know, like a, an, a, an emoji or just like a, you know, a big heart or something on there, you know. Just totally. Like, Which but, it's not going to hurt you, but it's not helping you. So why well, not? You know, I also think about it, you know, like if, if since engagement is such a big part of the game that, um, you know, would help uh, other people with their engagement um, at engagements as well. Totally. It's, it's all about building other people up. So, yep. Those are the six. That's you awesome. can do those. You're going to do fine. You're going to build. 
This is kind of a weird next question then, because uh, I kind of think we just got the answer. But Natalie, uh, uh, you can't you can't you can't say like world peace and all that groovy stuff. But what is Natalie absolutely obsessed with right now? Is it like a is it like a sweater that you're wearing? Is it a lipstick? Is it music? Tell, tell me what you're absolutely obsessed with. Right football. This yeah, football. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> We're off season right now. Um, no. So I guess, <laughs> I guess right now, I don't know. I'm seeing so many stylists. We went through a period on Instagram where stylists were kind of nasty to one another. And I'm seeing a shift where they're starting to build one another up again. And that whole community over competition shift is happening. Um, so I'm, I'm really into that. As far as like stuff goes, we, um, we get to try out a lot of things. A lot of product companies send us stuff. Um, and I'm really, really obsessed with some of, the, some of the new Joyco stuff that's coming out. We've been able to test some stuff that isn't released yet. Uh-huh. And our girls are pumped about it. And it's going to be in our new color correction class. So look out for the new semi-dimensionals because that's going to be the jam. That's awesome. Awesome. That, those are good. Is there anything outside of the industry that you're obsessed with? Let's see. Outside of the industry, I'm an app fiend like obsessed with apps and like my favorite app that will help you build your business, like building graphics, building Instagram stories is over just O V E R. I believe it's Apple only. Uh Um, But it's a little yellow icon with a white circle. Um, But they have amazing templates. They have amazing stuff to make you look professional because whether we like it or not, we, we need graphics to be able to communicate stuff sometimes. And over is spectacular for that. People ask us how we build graphics all the time. And I build most of ours on Adobe platforms, but over is the next closest thing for somebody who isn't Adobe trained. Is that, um, is that similar to like Canva? It is. And I love Canva for the computer, but the one for the phone breaks constantly. Right. I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but it'll just shut down. Um, but over is built solely for the mobile device. And it's, it's like Canva on steroids. That's awesome. Yeah. I like, I like those obsessions. Yeah. They're fun. <laughs> those well, are because they're fun. our obsessions. <laughs> I'm going to be all over yeah, it. Yeah. What's your obsession? <laughs> Podcasts. Podcast. <laughs> okay. There we go. Podcasts. Good Man, answer, I can, I can uh, contest <laughs> I'll get 3 a.m. text from Corey. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, are you asleep? Come on. You guys definitely got a 4 a.m. one this morning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Natalie, dude, you gave us so much information. I can't wait to uh, listen back and dive into it. Um, thank you very much for, uh, for, for coming on today and making the time with us. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. You guys are fun. <laughs> you never know what it's going to be like talking on the phone with people for hours. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, all. Let's make it official. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie from the business of Balayage, thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. 
yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease.